0: Yeah, thank you for um talking about this really important topic with us today, Leila. Like I said, this is a topic I can talk about <laughs> for a very long time. Um, as a counselor at Daya, I've been there for about six years now. Oh, wow, okay. This is um something that I see every day. And my mm. role there is to oversee our client services program and to directly work with clients as their counselor. Yeah. So I want to define trauma a bit so we're all on the same page here about what it means, because it's a term that we commonly hear and we, yeah. we kind of know what it means. Um, and it's used in the medical community right. as we hear about head trauma, yeah. you know, but in the mental health world, trauma is an emotional or physical reaction to um, a harmful or life threatening event okay. or, or a series of events okay. that causes lasting adverse effects on the person's mental and physical well-being. So like I said, it can be a single event, for example, a car accident or Hurricane Harvey, for example, or it can be a series of events like domestic violence, which is typically not a one-time thing. Abuse or domestic violence is typically something that's happening over a long period of time, over multiple different instances that happen, sometimes daily, sometimes weekly. Um, that can include physical abuse, emotional or verbal abuse, yeah. sexual abuse. So that's all a series of events that is Empowered. traumatic. Yeah. Yes. And for an event to be considered traumatic, there's kind of two ingredients, horror and helplessness. It has to make the person feel helpless to, um, to protect themselves or to take action. And they feel horror, a sense of intense fear, anxiety, or panic. So some examples, like I shared, it can be a car accident, it can be domestic violence. It could also be um, bullying or a serious health condition like cancer can be traumatic. Um, The sudden or violent loss of a loved one can be traumatic. Um, Abuse, childhood neglect, Mm -hmm. that is definitely traumatic as well. So there's lots of different types of um, life circumstances that can be traumatic, and as you hear that, you may think there's so many people out there that have experienced trauma. About 70% of adults in the U.S. have experienced some type of trauma, trauma. over the course of their lifetime.
1: Oh, wow. That's a high number. It's a
0: lot of people, right? Yeah. It's, it's most people. Yeah. The vast majority of people have right. experienced some type of trauma. Right. So it does impact their emotional state, their, their physical health, their relationships with others. Um, And it impacts the brain like it really rewires how the brain works. So the brain in the midst of a traumatic event tends to switch into a different mode of operation, which is the three Fs, the fight, Fight. flight or freeze. Okay. so in the fight mode, the person may attack or, you know, fight back to really try to defend themselves in the flight mode. They may try to flee,
1: run away, escape.
0: And in the freeze mode, they may just Go numb they may be completely physically unable to move um, or take action
1: oh wow okay that's pretty intense mm-hmm. right
0: yeah. yeah and that tells you that the brain does those things because it it's beyond its usual capacity to cope with okay so something that is just beyond the brain's ability to to manage, it will go into that kind of survival mode. or defense mode where it's fight, flight, or freeze. Freeze.
1: Okay. I've heard of fight, flight, and near of freeze. So, mm-hmm. yeah.
0: Especially for victims of um, sexual abuse, freeze is usually what happens. Okay. Since they may not feel safe to fight back, yeah. they may not be physically able to flee. Yeah. Freeze is the only option. Okay. Okay. So, what that can look like to the outside person is, well, why didn't you leave? Why yeah. didn't you run away? Yeah. Why didn't you scream? Mm. Yeah. No, Because they were in that frozen state. Yeah, and they, they were, just go numb, I guess. Exactly. Right? They yeah. just sometimes go into a out-of-body experience where they may feel that they are not physically present. The yeah. brain can kind of escape mentally instead of being able to escape physically. So they may feel like they're watching the incident from like an outside, outside perspective. Per- oh, wow. Yeah. You hear about yeah. out-of-body experiences Experience sometimes, and, yeah. and it's usually a trauma response.
1: Oh, I don't know that. I mean, I have goosebumps just <laughs> yes. thinking about it, right? Yeah. yeah, for them to go through that. So then how are abuse and trauma related to physical and mental health? Right?
0: The, yeah, the mind and the body are really the same thing. And this is what I educate clients about. All the time. Your mind is your body and your body is your mind. So anything that happens to you physically also happens to you mentally and the other way around. So your your mental and your physical health is deeply impacted because of the way the brain rewires itself. Um, trauma affects your memory really deeply. A normal memory that's not traumatic is usually in the form of like a story. It has okay. a beginning, a middle, and an end. It's like a sequential memory.
1: Okay. You know, if
0: I were going to remember how I drove to work this morning, it would be yeah. um, like, you know, I, I got my car keys, yeah. I opened the door, I put on my shoes, I got into the car, and I, you know, drove to work. Yeah. I checked the weather forecast. Yeah. But a traumatic memory would not be like that. It would be um, fragmented. Okay. It may be missing big chunks of memory yeah. where they, the person was just completely blanked out yeah. and the brain repressed that memory because it was too painful. And whatever memory is there, it may be in the form of like flashball memories is what they're called. It just keeps, like comes sporadically. Yeah, it's like sporadic little bits and pieces of yeah. information that are remembered. It may be like they remember a sensation like pain or fear or they remember like a color or a smell or a single image instead of like a video. Yeah. So memories that were of traumatic events can be unreliable for that reason. Like if you're telling the police what happened, you may not be able to really remember what happened. Okay. And that can cause a lot of difficulty for trauma survivors to make reports of mm-hmm. what happened to them or to even tell people in their lives what happened because they may not fully remember. Um and that can be a barrier to getting support. Right. Because people may not believe them. Yeah. They may say, hmm, it doesn't sound yeah, like that. Yeah, the story
1: doesn't add up. It doesn't know? add up. Yeah. yeah, you don't really yeah. have
0: a lot of detail yes. or you're not really making sense. Right. But that's because of how the brain codes traumatic memories. They're not oh. coded in language or in a sequence, beginning, middle, and end, like normal memories. Yeah. They're coded just um, sometimes with in the, in the form of sensations or images. That can be very difficult to to convey oh wow! yeah so i want to also like um touch on what other types of mental health or physical health conditions can arise from having experienced trauma we hear about post-traumatic stress disorder mm-hmm. ptsd right? often in, in connection with um, soldiers returning from war that they have ptsd and ptsd um Post-traumatic stress disorder is a condition in which the person re-experiences trauma. They may have flashbacks where they feel as if it's happening all over again. They usually exist in a state of constant anxiety and hypervigilance where they're really on alert, or yeah. they're looking over their shoulder. They're always watchful. Yeah. Yeah. They feel as if something bad is about to happen all the time, okay. because of how their brain is now Why? on a state of alert all, all the time yeah. as kind of a defense mechanism. Yeah. Yeah. Right? So PTSD does not happen to every single trauma survivor, though. Like I said, about 70% of people have some history of trauma, about 6% of people have PTSD. Oh, so not okay. everybody will develop it. But it is one of the conditions that can result. In addition to that, panic disorders, depression, anxiety, um, addictions, eating disorders, um, all kinds of other conditions can also result from.
1: Yeah, because they say that even trauma can lead to like physical disease, right? Because now your body or like, um, I, I don't know how far this is true, but when you have a traumatic event, like to get out of that flight fight freeze mode it takes time Mm -hmm. so if you have not gotten over the trauma then there is cause for disease because now your body is not breathing correctly it's not doing its functions correctly so like it's causing a lot of other issues in the system right
0: absolutely and i'm glad you mentioned the physical aspect of it many times our clients complain of things like unexplained headaches migraines Stomach pains, um, vision changes, muscle tightness or tension, um, even like chronic conditions like diabetes, high blood pressure, um, high cholesterol, gastrointestinal issues. Some of those things tend not to have much of a medical cause that can be pinpointed. And it's a result of, like you said breathing difficulties, chronic stress, yeah. your body releases a hormone called cortisol when it's mm-hmm. under stress. Mm-hmm. Right. It's not supposed to be a hormone that's released all the time. Right. That's harmful. It's only there in like short bursts to get you moving. Yeah. But if you're releasing it all the time, you have a chronically high level of cortisol that's then related to other health problems. Right. So sometimes if you have unexplained health problems, there could be a psychological reason behind it because like i said mind is body body is mind. mind We're all, yeah it's all the same system yeah
1: yeah and some like that's true but you don't think you think your mind is separate and then your physical body is separate exactly but, we yeah. tend to think
0: about it like yeah. that but, yeah you know in certain cultures too there's a much deeper understanding of mind body connection yeah um, and that's something that can be learned in therapy such as like what i do in my work with clients at Daya too is to Teach a better connection to your body. Okay. Trauma survivors tend to be disconnected from their bodies because they don't feel safe in their bodies. Oh. If they have experienced a dangerous event and they feel it's still in their body, the traumatic memory is stored in their bodies. Yeah. You know, So they, they kind of want to suppress it and not be See, too- again,
1: I would think your traumatic memory is
0: stored in your brain. So what do you mean by it's stored in your body? It's stored in your body in the sense that your brain is not fully able to remember or verbalize in words what happened, but that you may feel a trigger physically.
1: Yeah, like you said, a pain, like some some sort of pain.
0: Exactly. You feel those aches and pains that don't really have any other cause. Or that you may suddenly feel a certain, you know, your heart starts pounding and your mouth goes dry. You start sweating if you're around a certain person.
1: Yeah, like palpitation. Yeah, yeah. or
0: if you're, you know, feeling triggered, something has happened that's reminding you of the traumatic event. You tend to feel a lot of like physical anxiety signs, right. like yeah, sweating, dry, yeah, um, dry mouth. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, sweaty, sweaty palms. Yeah. yeah. Your yeah. skin
0: goes really pale. Yeah. Um your heart starts pounding, you start right. shaking. So those types of physical signs mm. indicate that your body remembers when your mind doesn't.
1: Oh wow. Okay. That's deep.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is deep. Definitely. Yeah. So mind-body connection can help kind of heal some of that damage and you know I want to just make sure people understand that there is hope. Yeah. Not everybody who has experienced trauma um is doomed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> true. Most people do not develop post traumatic stress disorder. Yeah. There is ways there are ways to to heal and manage feelings that have come up from, from trauma.
1: Okay. How can someone know if their mental health is affected by past abuse or trauma?
0: Yeah, so it's it's kind of listening to those signals that we mentioned like if you have unexplained physical health issues if you if you are recognizing that something that happened to you in the past was a trauma and you're not really sure i would advise to to speak to a professional to talk to a therapist who has experience in treating trauma to really dive deep into it in a in a safe and trusting and confidential environment right that's not a journey that anybody should really embark on alone yeah um the the healing process takes a long time and it it requires support it's not something that you can really try to figure out on your own and manage on your own or and nobody deserves to do that alone
1: yes yeah it takes support yeah absolutely um what are the long-term effects of trauma
0: long-term it really affects every single aspect of of your life you know if you're at work and your boss talks to you in a tone of voice that is the same way your abuser used to talk to you, you may get triggered. And then you may, you know, go into that fight, flight, or freeze mode at work. So that's an example of how um, a trauma history can show up in your workplace. In Uh In your other relationships, like with your children, if you were abused as a child, you may not really know how to Relate to your children when they're like screaming and shouting, and you may just go get triggered yeah. then when that's yeah. happening. Yeah, so it can affect how you parent your children.
1: Oh, wow. Um, okay. And in
0: your romantic relationships, you know, if you have a history of sexual trauma, you have, may have a hard time getting intimate with your partner. Right. You may have a hard time kind of trusting people or, you know, enforcing yeah. boundaries with them or really even knowing what your boundaries are. So, like, long term impacts of trauma can look like. Um, those types of patterns repeating in your relationships Um, it can show up in how your health works out for you over the course of your lifespan Um, and it can cause lots of different mental conditions you know like um, eating disorders turning to drugs or alcohol to cope addictions are really common in people with trauma histories um, maybe not so much in the South Asian community because there's an, uh, you know, an added layer of stigma against drugs and alcohol yeah. too, especially for yeah. women. Yeah. So we don't see that so much. But other types of unhealthy coping mechanisms um, can show up in yeah. people with trauma histories because they, they turn to something to cope. So coping mechanisms that are unhealthy can look like denial yeah. denying that it ever happened, True. refusing but, but, to Which I think
1: is such a big part of our South Asian community. Let's just shove it under the rug and it's gone. Exactly. You know? yeah, yeah, I think that's a, a trait that we have that that I'm glad that, you know, Daya is there, you know, so we can talk through it and y'all are supporting these women
0: right. through the...
1: Yeah, yeah denial
0: sure. is huge in our in our society it's kind of a cultural trait that we sometimes pride ourselves on we say we don't talk about such things yes mm-hmm. we say, <laughs> right we treat it as like it's shameful or yeah, it's taboo it's a or something stigma. Yeah. but many of us have a history of some kind of trauma ourselves right so we've learned these traits from our parents like these are things that are hush hush <laughs> we don't talk about yes. we sometimes pass along these traits to our children, whether knowingly or unknowingly. Yeah. Our child says something to us, we're like, don't say that. That's a that's a bad topic. Yeah. We don't talk about
1: yeah. that. Right. You no, know,
0: it's hush hush. So when we hush our children, they learn the same type of denial. Um and if you're not denying, you're usually minimizing. Yeah. So when we do talk about things, we do tend to minimize their seriousness on or their impact. So minimizing can look like saying it, it it was so long ago, you know, why aren't you, why, why don't you, you just over get over it? Over yeah. it? yeah, or yeah. it wasn't such a big deal. Yes. No, it could have been worse. Like those right. types of well-meaning comments yeah. are minimizing because okay. they don't really see or hear the person for where they are. And they're more just a, a, a result of you being uncomfortable talking about it. So you tend to, to just minimize it or brush it off as it's yeah. not a big deal. It was such a long time ago that you should just get over it. Yeah. Because that's like giving a shut up call to the person. right? <laughs> it's telling them, I don't want to hear about this anymore. And, uh, you know, you should just not talk about this. So that makes it harder for survivors to get support from loved ones in their lives. But
1: so what should the person be saying? Because the person on the other end probably doesn't mean that, you mm-hmm. know, and then Maybe because a person hasn't been through such a traumatic event, they don't know w- how to be supportive to their friend or they've heard the story so many times that, you know, they're like, OK, why isn't this person over it? Yeah, right.
0: exactly. And it comes from good intentions yes. It comes from just a lack of understanding of what trauma is right, and how it impacts the person like the brain doesn't really know time. Yeah. It doesn't know that something happened so long ago. When it's reminded of it, it feels like it's happening all over again. Mm. So because of that, like time does not necessarily heal all wounds right. when it comes to that trauma. Yeah,
1: time is the biggest healer. But yeah. 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 Not always. No, not because there are times I guess you just suppress it and you kind of shove it away and then something triggers then it. Then something
0: happens and you're you're reminded all over again. This is not something that you can run away from or hide from. So to to answer your question about what should the person say, the person for the person should just listen. Okay. You know, that sometimes listening is more powerful than saying anything. Just being there and asking them about it, like yeah. tell me about what happened. It sounds yeah. like that was really hard. Yeah. Asking them how did how did that impact you? Yeah. And you know, just giving your support, just saying yeah. I'm I'm here for you. You can talk about this with me anytime. If you ever feel like you're having a bad day or you're reminded of it, call me. Yeah. I can help you through it. And then yeah. suggesting that they get some help. Okay. Because it's not the friend's responsibility to heal a trauma. Right. Other people don't know your triggers. They're so individual to the person. You know, yeah. if I'm triggered by the color red, for example, you don't know that. Yeah, you yeah. know, it's not your responsibility yeah. to protect me from it. Yeah. It's my responsibility to know what my triggers yeah. are. And to know how they impact me. Right. And then to do my own work of figuring out a plan, whether that's by myself or with a friend or a therapist, to figure out how I'm going to manage those triggers.
1: Okay. That's good to know. Um, So what should I do if I've been abused or traumatized?
0: The biggest thing that you should know is that you're not alone Mm -hmm. and that you're not Damaged. you're not broken, mm-hmm. to, to know that what happened was not your fault. Right. And it doesn't define you. It okay. doesn't make you who you are. It was something that happened to you. It's not who you are. That's a big one because I see a lot of people internalize their trauma and develop beliefs about themselves as a result of it. You know, they say that my parents never loved me, so I am unlovable. Mm-hmm. And they go through the world for the rest of their lives feeling that they are unlovable. Yeah, Or that, you know, if my husband beats me, it must be because I'm a bad person. Yeah. I'm a bad wife. Yeah. I'm a bad mother. It's my fault. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. developing those types of beliefs, you know, is what causes a lot of problems later on in life for trauma survivors. Yeah. So if you have been abused or traumatized, you know, just know that those beliefs can change. You can learn new ones, you can learn more accurate ones, um, you can learn healthier ways to manage, yeah. you can get support, um, you know, and that that there's help out there. DIA is one of the organizations that mm-hmm. provides free and confidential help to South Asian survivors of abuse, mm-hmm. um, whether that's family violence or intimate partner violence or stalking. Um, and there's other organizations too, yeah. wonderful ones that are doing similar work to us, there's community mental health clinics that provide low cost therapy. Okay. Um, if you have insurance or you're able to pay, there's lots of wonderful private practice therapists that um, yeah. have advanced treating, treat, training in treating trauma mm-hmm. that, um, that are wonderful to work with and that can really help you. Yeah. So I would advise people to seek help, mm-hmm. not try to do this alone. Um, it's, it's great if you have a supportive network of friends and family but not Mm -hmm. everybody has that yeah and that's where the professionals come in to where we can we can be that listening ear and we have an understanding of and
1: guide in the right direction right? right like so that you can find out who you really are and yeah, get over the trauma or yeah. at least have tools how to deal with how it. to deal
0: with it. Exactly. So yeah. that the professionals can teach you those tools, right? They can give you that information and really work with you intensely over a period of time to figure yeah. out like what your triggers are, how you can manage them yeah. and you know how the trauma has impacted you and how you can.
1: Yeah, and like you said, it it cannot be an instant thing because I think we are in a world that, you know, you order on Amazon and yeah, it should be there within like four hours
0: now, right? I wish it was like that. (laughs) I wish there was a pill or some kind of magic wand. (laughs) Um, But Um, no, this is, it's a long-term process, unfortunately. It's a healing process. It's not a quick fix. I will say that single event traumas can be resolved sometimes a bit more easily than complex traumas. And by that, I mean, for example, a car accident or a hurricane can be easier to resolve than childhood sexual abuse or domestic violence. Right. Because longer term traumas, um, you know, they have deeper roots in the brain and the body that have caused more of these types of beliefs about yourself. Mm hmm. A victim of a car crash may not say, I am unworthy. Yeah. A victim of child abuse may feel, yes, yeah. I am unworthy. I mean, yeah. So that's kind of the difference yeah. there. Um, mm-hmm. And as far as like seeking help, I want to spotlight a website called herefortexas.com. Okay. H-E-R-E. That's where you can go to kind of figure out who's the right therapist for you. It's a mental health navigation line.
1: Oh, wow. That's that's really
0: nice to know. Yeah. Depending on your location or your ability to pay, um, you know, or, or your type of treatment required. You okay. can give them that information and they give you a list of resources. Here, Here for Herefortexas.com. Here okay. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. That's good to know because then how do you know what kind of therapist you need or, you know. So that's good.
0: Yeah, many people just feel like where do I turn? Yeah, do I where ask? do I
1: start from? Right. Yeah. And then I guess it's always a, a stigma. So even like talking about it and trying to get help, you might be a little bit hesitant to ask someone. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So
0: if you need a hairdresser, you can ask your friends yes. for recommendations. <laughs> or a dentist for that yeah, matter. But if you right? need a therapist, people yeah. feel shy. So yeah. go yeah. turn to the Internet. Go to herefortexas.com you know, or call Daya if you're a survivor, we will get you to the right place. Okay,
1: awesome. Uh, We're going to take a quick break. And we're also on Facebook Live. um, And if you have any questions, you can um, put it on there or call us at 713-974-4000. Thank you. we're having this amazing and very insightful conversation with Harima Mela, Director of Client Services at Daya.
0: Um, so can the effects of trauma be avoided or addressed? That's a great question. Um, and it's kind of a two part answer. The first is avoidance doesn't work, unfortunately. Yeah. In fact, it's more likely to cause worse effects from trauma the more you try to avoid it. Because the research shows PTSD is more likely to occur in people who um, engage in avoidance behaviors. And by that, I mean refusing to think about the trauma, not telling anybody about it, um, avoiding things that remind you of it or like going out of your way to avoid people, places or things that remind you of the trauma. The more you suppress it Mm -hmm. or try to suppress it, the more likely it is to, um, to affect you. Okay, But on the other hand, I would say there are definitely protective factors in your life that can help you um, not be as badly affected by the trauma. And that would be continuous contact with loved ones in your life, Mm -hmm. support from your loved ones, disclosing the trauma to loved ones, using using positive coping mechanisms. And that can even be things like a sense of humor, using laughter, still... Um, maintaining a connection to the positives in your life, and finding some kind of meaning in your life, especially finding meaning from the trauma, and that's not easy. That's, yeah, I that's can't even imagine. That. It takes it takes time to be able to find some kind of um, meaning, and that can be like you know you you see how the trauma has changed you as a person, things that it has taught you people that it has brought you in contact with that can give you a sense of not that there was some bright side to it there wasn't it was still a horrible experience but that you're in a better place now yeah and that you have learned to to cope with it that can be an example of how you can you can find meaning from it another way is to help others in their healing journey to be a source of support for others can be very healing for for yourself as well and the biggest thing I would say is to, to believe that you can manage your feelings. Right. People that have a sense of helplessness, that I can't do it, I'm not good enough, I'll, I'll never be strong enough to overcome this, they have a harder time healing than people who believe that they can. Yeah. So having that belief in your own skills and abilities yeah. to, to learn and to grow from it, that is a, is a way that the impacts of trauma can at least be managed. Okay. Not avoided. Avoided Avoidance doesn't work.
1: (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Um, So what is the impact of trauma on relationships?
0: Yeah, I talked about this a little bit before, but in in relationships, you see it replay in terms of patterns of communication and behavior that are kind of um, tied to that fight, flight, or fight flight or freeze yeah so if you are going into a fight mode as a result of something that happened in a relationship let's say you get into a fight with your partner you you may start yelling at them Mm -hmm. cursing at them blaming criticizing raging breaking things you know that's you getting triggered by that argument and going into a fight mode as a result of how your brain has now rewired itself Okay. Um being really demanding or controlling, some of these behaviors that we see from abusers can be a result of their past trauma. So the the fight mode type behaviors are are very indicative of that. Okay. Um cuz many people who've had trauma from their past, then may, they may abuse others. Okay. They may have a hard time kind of managing their own frustration or anger and they yeah. may take it out on others in that kind of fight mode. On the other hand, if you're going into a flight mode, you run from your problems. Mm-hmm. You avoid them. You panic. Um, you run away from intimacy. You just flee. You just okay. you know remove yourself from right. any kind of conflict or intense emotion. Or if you're going into freeze mode, you tend to feel helpless. Yeah. You're unable to say no. Mm-hmm. You go numb. Yeah. You may be a people pleaser. Mm-hmm. So those types of patterns can show up. Um, in relationships that have their roots in the trauma okay. that, that happened to that person.
1: Okay, that's good to know. Uh, what does experiencing childhood trauma mean for adults?
0: Childhood trauma is a really complex one. Um, it, it leads to those really core changes in the brain that impact how, how you think about the world and your place in it. So if you think about it, a little child, a little baby, they're dependent on their caregivers around them to shape what they believe right. is true. Yes. So they learn beliefs about the world from how they are treated as children. Right. If you are neglected or abused as a child, you learn that the world is a scary place. Mm-hmm. You learn that people cannot be trusted yeah. or that you are not worthy of love or care. Right. So then you, you may think about yourself very differently as a result. Mm-hmm. A child that's raised in a healthy, nurturing, safe, and loving home is confident. You know, they can trust other people. They can speak up. They can focus and pay attention. But a child who was traumatized early in life, they don't develop with confidence and, you know, ability to learn. They may just be barely surviving. Okay. That's a child that is not going to thrive. Are not going to develop normally. Okay. Um, Even in in pregnancy, I can say stress hormones in the mother's bloodstream go into the unborn child's bloodstream. Oh wow! So the more stressed a mother is, or if a mother, a pregnant woman is experiencing trauma, the child will feel it too. So that's a way in which you know childhood trauma can start even before you're born. Oh wow! I didn't know. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and it's yeah, really heartbreaking. That's shocking, Childhood right? yeah. trauma is just very, very complex and difficult to. Because so that's already
1: wired in your brain. You're not even still born, and yeah. In the... So
0: by the time you're born, if you're born into a home that's abusive, <sighs>
1: yeah.
0: you're going to learn communication patterns that are abusive. You're going to learn coping skills that are unhealthy, and you're <laughs> going to learn that people can't be trusted, or that even oh. your closest loved ones cannot be trusted. So then you grow up into an adult that's unable to have healthy relationships as a yeah, result of that. That's, that's so where sad. we see a lot of, you know, if you wonder, why do people hurt others? Why do they yes, abuse others? Yes. Sometimes it's because they've been hurt themselves. And that's not an excuse for treating others badly, but yeah. it is an explanation, yeah. a possible explanation. Yeah.
1: Well, but it's it's just, it's so sad. Like, it's just, it's a circle. Like, then how do you get out of that like if there is an abuser, for example, you know he's mm-hmm. been abused and now he's abusing. But so where does the cycle end, right? Yeah, like yeah. till he ends up in jail. I mean, that's that's
0: still not the end. Exactly. You know? Then it's still impacting his yeah. partner, his children. Yes, so exactly. The, so it's.
1: I mean, now it's gone to his family and to his children. Three to generations yeah, exactly. are Yeah, yeah. So there's so,
0: definitely this cycle of violence, this intergenerational cycle of abuse that keeps going on and on right. until there's something that intervenes and breaks that cycle. Yeah. So that's what we at Daya like our mission is ultimately to end, end this
1: cycle end yeah. the
0: cycle of violence, to right. end gender based violence in yeah. the South Asian community. Wow. So to break the cycle it takes it takes self responsibility to being responsible for your own actions. You know, it takes accountability. Mm -hmm. The community has to hold people accountable for for abusing others. And it takes, like, self-healing, you know, for the person who was the victim to go on to their own, you know, healing journey to be able to break that cycle for themselves so that they don't teach those things to their children.
1: Yes. So is this what generational trauma is, what we've spoken about? Pretty much, yeah. yeah. So
0: generational trauma, and I'm glad you bring this up because it's not a topic that's very talked about, no. even in the mental health community. Right. Um, but it's what we see all the time, especially in our South Asian community, is these these unhealthy coping mechanisms of denial and minimization, like we talked about. Or
1: avoidance. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: That that yeah. keeps people from being able to even acknowledge mm-hmm. that they've had this trauma and then um, there's this cycle that continues. Yes. So generational trauma is basically trauma that's passed on from parent to child to, you know, grandparent to grandchild, all those types of um, behavioral patterns, unhealthy coping skills, or even in on a genetic level, information that's passed down chemically and, you know, the, um, from the brain chemistry down to The stress hormones in your body that are kind of passed down from generation to generation. And there's also broader social um, impacts to this. So systematic oppression, racism, caste oppression, war, things that South Asian people have been through and are still going through those are also being passed down from generations oh poverty you know those are times of things that like if your parents struggled with it yeah it impacts you too yeah yeah if you think about partition that was such a huge trauma for Mm. our people right right but it's not really seen as that no we don't hear our grandparents our parents talking about it as you know how how stressful or traumatic it was for them it's seen as like it was a long time ago we're not going to talk, talk about it no. yeah. <laughs> yes
1: we only see it in movies and you know that's it right and
0: we yeah we tell ourselves stories about the positives or the heroism that happened from it or the patriotism or the you know nationalism and we only focus on those aspects but not on the human impact of partition or things like racism and poverty and oppression that right. our people still go through
1: yeah, I mean, I didn't know it could be genetics. You say it, you know, like my son has this anger issues and we're like, oh, where did he get from? I'm like, I'm sure it's from his grandparents. But now I have scientific proof <laughs> know. for that.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, like the, it, it does pass on from genetics, but yeah. then I guess you have, you're have responsible for breaking that cycle.
0: Yeah, and you can break it. Genetics right. does not mean a death sentence. Exactly. It's not a life sentence. Yes, so yes. there's a chemical called neuropeptide y and there's regions in the brain that control how you respond to stressful situations. Okay. The more of that chemical that you have, um, you know, the more you're able to cope, the less of it you have, oh. the more negatively you respond to a stressful situation. Okay. So there's genetics that determine how your brain makes sense of emotional situations and how it responds to them. Okay. Yeah. But if you can notice those things about yourself, you can't change your genes, but you can change your behaviors. Behaviors.
1: Yes, exactly. Um, Why do traumatic experiences impact some people more than others?
0: Yeah, great question. So kind of continuing along in that like genetic makeup of the person, that's a big part of how they're going to deal with stressful or emotional situations. If you have the right genetic makeup, you're in luck. If you don't, <laughs> you may have a harder time. So some of it is biological and it's outside of your control. Okay. But the parts that are in your control are about your life circumstances. Okay. Um, and some of that is out of your control and some is not. So if you if you have a lot of loving, healthy support, supportive relationships, um, you're in a better position to be able to manage um, your trauma. But if you've had childhood trauma as well, and then on top of that, you have domestic violence, for example. So if you have this kind of chain of events of repeated exposure to trauma, it's going to impact you more. You're more likely to develop PTSD. If your help-seeking experiences have been negative, like Mm -hmm. anytime you've tried to tell somebody or get help, you've been dismissed or you didn't get what you need, you're more likely to have a harder time moving on. If you are struggling financially and you're just trying to put a roof over your head and feed your children, then healing from trauma is not going to be a priority, right? Of course. Yeah. So then you may be more likely to just dismiss it or forget about it and, you know, try to um, suppress it because you just don't have the time, energy, or the resources Mm -hmm. um, or the money to. To address it, right. so imp- trauma does disproportionately affect people who are um, financially disadvantaged, who are socially disadvantaged, mm-hmm. who don't have a lot of people of support around them, and that's many times our dia clients. Yeah, they they're here in the new country. They don't have a lot of support. They may not have a lot of access to money um, because of financial abuse or other reasons. So you know that's where we do come in to try to be. That support for them if they lack it in their lives. Okay. Um, how does Dia
1: help survivors process and heal from trauma?
0: So Daya provides um, what we call trauma-informed care. Okay. And what that means is that all of our staff are trained in trauma and how it impacts people, and we build it into our programs and our organization. At every step of the way okay so when a person first calls as the person they speak to knows about trauma is very well trained in um, responding to it and is very compassionate and empathetic about it okay so here i will talk about the four r's mm-hmm. um, of trauma informed care the first is realization realizing how trauma affects people And the second is recognizing the signs of trauma. So when we work with a client at Daya, we recognize we're on the lookout for signs of trauma. of um, You know, those flashbulb memories of emotional difficulties, relationship difficulties, um, sexual difficulties. We're looking for those signs of how that trauma has impacted them so that we can talk to them about it and work on it. And the third R is having a system which can respond. Responding to trauma in an appropriate way, which is to believe the person, not question them on all the details, not ask for any proof, mm-hmm. not ask them to, not force them to talk about it if they don't want to, mm-hmm. um, give them lots of control and choices in the process. So we 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 are not the leader at that. With the the client yeah. is in a partnership with us, we're equals. We are not trying to make choices for them or tell them what to do. And that's trauma-informed because we let them take control when control has been taken away from them.
1: The last thing we
0: want is to be the abuser.
1: Right. Absolutely. So
0: um, the the last R is resisting re-traumatization. And that comes into avoiding any situation that's going to re-traumatize the person. For example, like... Making a police report can be very re-traumatizing. Going to court, you know, those things can put a client through having to repeat their story, sometimes in front of strangers. So we never push them into anything that will be re-traumatizing, even telling us. like If a client tells their story to us once, we don't ask it again.
1: Okay, that's
0: good. So if they tell one staff member, you know, the others have access to it. And we don't put a person through like endless paperwork and, yeah. you know, all of those types of barriers that are yes. going to make it harder.
1: Okay, that's good to know. Talk um, therapy isn't always a good fit for everyone. What are alternatives to traditional therapy for survivors?
0: Yeah, I love that question because um, I am trained in one of those approaches, which is EMDR. Okay. It stands for eye movement, desensitization, and reprocessing. <laughs> Okay, It's a mouthful, but what it <laughs> basically is, it's a type of therapy that uses bilateral eye movements, okay, left to right, okay. and other types of bilateral stimulation, such as audio or tactile, okay. to kind of recode that memory in the brain in a different hmm. way Interesting. that makes it less distressing. Oh. So, this is a type of treatment that is kind of the gold standard trauma treatment. Okay. That is very, very effective and mm-hmm. a bit faster. It can lead to um, results in about six to eight sessions as opposed to months and months and years. Yeah. Um, EMDR is one thing that we offer at Daya. Other forms can be somatic therapy or more body based, like I referenced the mind body connection. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, There's different ways to help somebody reconnect with their body to where they feel safe in their body again, deep breathing and meditation techniques, mindfulness, mm-hmm. um, yoga and exercise are very healing as well. There's other types of, um, those are the types of therapy that we do offer at that. Yeah. What we don't is um, animal-assisted therapy can be very helpful. Okay. Um, a bond that you have with an animal a, a pet or there's equine therapists out there that use horses. Yeah, I've heard of Yeah. That, so you can have a bond with an animal that's very um, trusting and non-judgmental and that can be healing. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So people have um, emotional support animals. Yes. Like therapy dogs, for yeah. example. I wish oh. we could have a therapy dog. At that. <laughs> I don't think our, our building owners would allow that.
1: Oh.
0: <laughs> yeah. So there's um, animal-assisted therapy as well as art therapy or music therapy that uses various art forms or music forms to um, create new meaning and new associations, more positive connections in the brain, and to be able to make sense of something in a different way to where it's not just talking and talking and talking about the same thing, but it's um, building a bit more positivity around it. Okay. Yeah, so they are quite a different
1: kind of therapies,
0: right? Exactly. So it's not just talk all the time. Yeah. We may think about therapy as this you sit in an office, you sit on a couch for an hour. (laughs) Or that's what
1: they at least show in, you know,
0: um your
1: social media or movies and things like that. Exactly.
0: It doesn't have to be like that. Your therapist is there as your partner and right. it's your right as your client to tell them what you want what works for you and what doesn't work for you yeah if you're sitting in your therapist's office and you're just getting sick of it tell them yeah i don't want to talk about this anymore can we do something else for the ah. rest of the session you know right. can we do some drawing can yeah. we especially with um children there's yeah. play therapy Papers, i have yeah heard of and that. just different forms of not having to use words all the yeah. time because trauma those memories are not in words anyway. Yes. Sometimes you need something else to kind of break you out of that mindset. Yes.
1: Yeah. That's that's interesting, very insightful. Um so what is secondhand trauma? We were talking about it and how mm-hmm. can you recognize it?
0: Yeah, secondhand trauma is trauma that you can experience as a result of um witnessing or hearing somebody else talk about it. So, for example, we were talking about how, like, being a, a therapist can lead to a lot of secondhand trauma yes. from hearing about other people's traumatic experiences. Yes. Being a, a friend to mm-hmm. a trauma survivor can also lead to that same experience. Yeah. If you as the friend are always having to hear about it um and you may feel helpless to help the person, yes. it may be disturbing just the details and things that you're hearing yeah. about. Um, you know, so people in professions such as uh, EMTs, people who work in emergency medical um, care or people who work in the police and fire department, they're especially vulnerable to to, um, to secondhand trauma, burnout or re-victimization. There's a few different words that are yeah. used for this that all mean the same thing, is that it, being witness to such a vast array of human pain and suffering yes. is hard. And it impacts you sure. because yeah. we are social creatures. Mm-hmm. We have empathy, yes. hopefully. And yes. then we <laughs> yes. we feel the pain of others right. and that can um, wear us down after a while. Yeah. So it's important to take note of how it is impacting you. Yeah, And, you know, looking out for responses in yourself, such as detachment. Like if you want to just shut off, if you want to just detach yourself from that situation, that's a sign that it's getting to be too much for you. Yeah. If you're having a hard time being present and empathic for that person yeah that's a sign if you're getting angry or judgmental or dismissive that can be a sign too that it's getting to be too much for you yeah um and you know just knowing those signs in yourself yeah. and then doing what you need to do whether that's taking a break encouraging yeah. that person to seek other sources of yeah. support um, taking time off yeah. from your job, if that's coming well, from your job, right? So it's it is your responsibility as the individual, mm-hmm. and if it's coming from work, it's also the responsibility of your employer mm-hmm. to provide yeah. opportunities for self care, for debriefing, and for taking time off. Oh, okay.
1: Um, so, what message do you have for us survivors experiencing trauma?
0: I would want to say to survivors that they're they're not alone, that we hear them we support them mm-hmm. we understand them i would say that you're you're not broken you're not damaged and that even if you're not born with the skills to to heal from trauma that you mm-hmm. can learn them yes and it's worth it right. that would be my number one m- message is that it's worth doing the work yeah. to build the life that you want to live okay you can learn skills to manage your feelings um it can take time, yeah, but it can be worth it to get get a meaningful, a peaceful, and a fulfilling life. Okay, so I would tell them to also pay attention to to their lifestyle, who they surround themselves with. Mm-hmm. Those are the things that are in your control. Uh, you know, what happened to you was not in your control, and it wasn't your fault. Mm-hmm. But what you do now yeah. is a hundred percent in your control. You are in the driver's seat, right? And that you can surround yourself with positive people, mm-hmm. eat healthy, sleep healthy, mm-hmm. exercise, yeah. use healthy coping mechanisms, you mm-hmm. know, avoid using unhealthy ones, yeah. and to reach out for support.
1: Okay. Thank you so much,
0: Harima. It's been like an hour. It just flew by. and It flew it, by. Yes. I told you I could talk about this all day. <laughs> I can <could This> stay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we would love to have you again for sure because... It was uh, it was a heavy topic, but the way you explained it and it is so uh insightful and eye opening there are some there are some terms that I've like never heard of, and you know sometimes you hear things and it's more in movies, so you're like, oh, that doesn't happen in real life, but it does, you know. So like like generational trauma and things like that. Right. So I really appreciate you taking the time. um, And hopefully we'll see you soon.
0: We want you back for sure. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Yes.
1: Thank you, listeners, so much for uh, being on our show. We'll see you same time, same place next Monday.